0: Welcome to Nevertheless She Persisted. I'm your host, Sadie. Every Friday, I post interviews about mental health, dialectical behavioral therapy, and teenage life. These episodes break down my mental health journey, teach skills to help you cope with life, and showcase testimonials from teens just like you. Whether you've struggled yourself or just want to improve your mental fitness, this podcast is your inspiration to live a life you love and keep persisting. Today's guest is Sarah Humphrey, a self-acclaimed life enthusiast and recent graduate of the University of San Diego. She's also the host of the It Ain't it Sis podcast, which is all about navigating redirections, personal development, and relationships. I invited her on the podcast to talk about her mental health journey and give her perspective on maintaining your mental health as a college student, her experience podcasting, and so much more. I hope you enjoy. Well, thank you so much for joining me on She Persisted today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Sadie. I'm so excited to be on. Me too. Okay, so I wanted to start our episode by hearing your mental health story. So starting with your teenage years, what was your journey with your mental health?
1: Well, mental health for me is something that I've kind of always struggled with Mm -hmm. to a certain extent. When I was younger, especially in sixth grade, I was bullied a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of when I started to notice I was struggling to be a little bit more happy Mm -hmm. compared to the other kids. And Growing up, I also would go to sometimes psychologists because I do have learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. And my psychologist would always tell me, She's like, You are a little bit more anxious than <laughs> the normal child. Yeah. So I've always, since I was six, I think is when they first diagnosed me as anxious or having anxiety disorder. And so it's just something always I've dealt with. But, you know, as you kind of go on and go through life. Things happen that kind of, I think, trigger your mental health. And so when I was 13, was when kind of like my depression and anxiety started to get really bad. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to switch schools. So the bullying was able to stop, which was great. Mm-hmm. But also then kind of going into to high school, that's when I started to really struggle with, I guess, body dysmorphia mm-hmm. and body insecurity which I know a lot of um, girls do yeah. these days, it's so easy to um, struggle with that kind of thing, especially with social media. Definitely. It's, it's a thing that, I mean, we see all these girls, all these gorgeous girls who are very skinny, mm-hmm. but they don't we don't see a wide variety of many different body types. Yeah. And so I really took that to heart and I really struggled, I would say, from the time I was... 16 to about 20 years old I'm 23 now Mm -hmm. um but 16 to 20 was a time that I really just struggled with my eating disorder and then Mm -hmm. on top of that when you are just so I guess consumed by the thoughts um, then you know that triggers a lot of your anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. and Luckily, I was able to get a lot of help and kind of push through that. And now I'm kind of here on the other side. And even though I still do struggle with, you know, anxiety Mm -hmm. daily, I'm able to cope with it just due to like the therapy I've been Mm -hmm. through. So that's just like a little bit. Thank you. Yeah. That's just like a little bit in a nutshell of Mm -hmm. (laughs) my mental health journey.
0: Yeah. So touching back on like the, body dysmorphia and eating disorder kind of stuff that's something that I've struggled with a lot and it's definitely hard to find a good balance with of being healthy but not letting it become obsessive I'm someone where I'm either like I'm just not going to pay attention to it at all because that's easier or I like kind of go down the path of being more obsessive or more anxious about what I'm intaking and how healthy I'm eating so what have you found to be effective to stay healthy but not become super obsessive with eating and body image and all of that
1: yeah, I'm glad that you asked that question because it is very difficult to really fight those obsessive thoughts, mm-hmm. especially just for like my personality type. Mm-hmm. I am very controlling. Yeah, um, yeah, me too. Yes. Yeah, so I think especially people with those personality types, it is easier for you to kind of fall into, Mm -hmm. I guess, the mindset of having an an eating disorder. Not to say that everyone who is very controlling will fall into that mindset, Mm -hmm. but it is definitely easier. It's a more slippery slope for sure. Yeah, exactly. So I would say just over the years, what I've really taught myself is that it is okay to eat the cupcake if you really, Mm -hmm. really want one. It is okay to, I guess you know, just eat what you want and sometimes overeat and that's Mm -hmm. okay. Don't do it all the time, but you know, it's all about a balance. But one thing I actually would say that really helped me with kind of learning balance and not being so obsessive with everything Mm -hmm. that I kind of do in life is I went to Italy actually during my junior year. It was during my fall semester. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I was really struggling with body dysmorphia too. Mm-hmm. I was really nervous about going because, I mean, when you think Italy, you just think carbs, yes. wine, yes. out late at night. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking here in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, that does not it's sound not good work. to your waistline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I was like, okay, how is this going to work? And I was really just really nervous about going, but – kind of going there really showed me that, you know what, you can sometimes indulge, you can have that gelato, you can have some wine, you can Mm -hmm. eat pasta, pizza, or whatever, and you're still not going to, like, gain five billion pounds, like I tell myself in my head. So I really kind of learned balance in going to Italy, and that's just one thing I just, I guess, overall – now understand that you know what you can live a balanced life Mm -hmm. um when it comes to just being healthy and even going back to like body dysmorphia I think that really helped me once I learned that no you can live a balanced life in terms of your eating and exercise Mm -hmm. habits and that really I think shaped how I viewed my body in turn because now I'm understanding okay what I do it doesn't as affects me as much as I think it
0: does, if that makes sense. Definitely. It's the same thing for me. I was always, once I got into more therapy, I learned that I'm always my my own worst enemy and I make things out so much worse than they actually are, whether it's with eating or with how other people will perceive me or um, just standards for myself. Like I put it so much worse than it is in reality. And so it's definitely important to take that step back and be like, okay, it's really not that bad, like checking the facts, what is actually going to happen and kind of go easy on yourself, even though that's really, really difficult to do sometimes.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. And I liked how you touched on kind of just checking the facts Mm -hmm. because I think so often we are given so much information in this time, especially on social media. Mm -hmm. A lot of it isn't accurate. A lot of these people who claim to be health experts while there is probably some truth in everything someone says it's not all truth and I think it's so easy to remember or to sorry it's so easy to forget that these people giving advice are only people and they don't have it all figured out Mm -hmm. and sometimes when you are a person who is insecure about their body and then you see someone on the internet who has those six packs that you've always wanted it's so easy to be like oh they must know they They must be correct yeah Mm -hmm. exactly Mm -hmm. they must know but you have to like take a step back and be like wait maybe they were honestly just blessed with that body Mm -hmm. and maybe yes they do put in the hard work and they do eat healthy but at the end of the day like a lot of it comes down to genetics Mm -hmm. and we just need to learn to be okay with that because at the end of the day we need to kind of glorify every kind of body shape because it is such a terrible thought to just glorify one body Mm -hmm. and I think we find so much freedom in just letting that idea go that there is one perfect body type Yeah, Yeah, and you can really just find peace within that.
0: Yeah and it's also like when you go and you look at someone who seems to have it all together as far as their health and their body image what works for them may not work for you. And I think that that gets mm-hmm. lost a lot that, again, it's down to genetics and we don't have the same genetics as the next person. So what's so effective for them is almost guaranteed to not be as effective or impact you differently than it does for them. And that's that's definitely hard to remember because they it's advertises like the fix-all and it's 100% um, going to work and stuff like that. And it's just not always the case. But yeah.
1: I know. And then like even when we get these... Advertisements for these skinny teas—I'm mm-hmm. sure everyone's seen them—and mm-hmm. they claim, "Oh, it's a fix-all," or this diet mm-hmm. pill is—you know—it'll flatten your tummy in one and, day. <laughs> yeah, in one in one day, and I'm like, "That's not how it works." Yeah,
0: yeah. Sorry, no, you're Those good.
1: Okay. Yeah, but I'm like, that's not how it works at all, and. I think we've just been preached this false reality for so long mm-hmm. that health is just, health is this one thing. Mm-hmm. And in reality, health is, it, ha, it incorporates so many different things. Yeah. It yeah. It is emotional health. It is mental health, spiritual health, physical health. Mm-hmm. It is, it encompasses it a wide range of things rather than just kind of, I think the media puts it in a box and says, no,
0: health is a skinny tea, Definitely. (laughs) And I think one of the most amazing things about your mental health is once you get that on track and in place, your mental health To maintain that, you have to be physically healthy. You have to be eating regularly and exercising and having positive relationships. There's all these little things that need to be maintained for you to feel happy and joyful and have your mental health be thriving. And so once you get to that place, everything can kind of fall into place behind that. So that's something I love so much about working on your mental health is that it is such an abstract and broad concept. But it does really encompass all these other anxieties and worries that you have as well, because there's so many things you have to work on and maintain to be healthy mentally.
1: No, exactly. And just, I think a lot of people think working on their mental health is telling yourself, oh, I'm happy, Mm -hmm. and just trying to achieve a certain level of happiness. I think that's what a lot of people think mental health is. And I completely disagree because Mm -hmm. I think it is so important to feel all of those emotions because when we neglect, I guess, the different trials that we go through in life, whether it be just, I guess, like a breakup or a loss or you even failed a test or you didn't get the job you wanted, Mm -hmm. all of those things. I think a lot of people think mental health is kind of going through those things and being like yeah that happened but it's okay mm-hmm. and i am a firm believer that you can kind of feel those emotions and yeah. you can throw yourself like a little pity party for all the time. a couple minutes mm-hmm. but then you have to get over it yes. is the point yes. you can't live in that pity party mm-hmm. because that's when you know you get depressed and you get anxious mm-hmm. and you get just kind of in the mindset of why is this all happening to me totally but i think it's so important just on everyone's mental health journey that you really you really just embrace all of the emotions that you're feeling regardless mm-hmm. um, of what you're feeling because every feeling that you have is valid. Not mm-hmm. everyone will understand it, yeah. at the end of the day, um, what you're feeling is valid and it's okay.
0: Yeah. And when you're not attending to those emotions like sadness or grief or anger, whatever it is, if you're just ignoring them, you're saying, you know what? No, I'm happy. Like I love my life. This is good. It's just going to build up and compound more and more, and then you're not able to cope with it. So when you're attending to these different things you're experiencing as they arise, it's so much easier to cope than when they become so overwhelming and you're like, I don't know how to deal with this. (laughs) Like I've never felt an emotion this strong before, and you just don't know how to go forward.
1: Exactly. And that's what I kind of noticed with a lot of people kind of close to me even where they just kind of bottle it up, um, mm-hmm. inside and they say constantly, it's okay. I'm fine. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's all okay. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is good to constantly give yourself pep talks and being like, I got this. It's fine. But one thing I've also noticed is they don't really open up and being vulnerable is so incredibly important yes. because that's how you kind of really release your emotions mm-hmm. and, There is a quote that I saw today. I'm actually reading a great book. It's called Power to Persevere. Mm -hmm. I interviewed actually the author recently on my podcast. And she's a cancer survivor, but she was telling um, me about kind of how vulnerability is actually a great strength Mm -hmm. because a lot of people think in order to be strong, you kind of have to shove down all of your emotions. But in reality, that's so not true. Because really being able to tell people, hey, this is how I'm feeling. I'm Mm -hmm. sad. I'm happy. I'm anxious. I'm whatever. That takes a lot of emotional strength to do. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're able to be vulnerable is when you're able to Properly have emotional release, and when you don't have emotional release, that's when you get just the sudden outcries and like the little temper tantrums Mm -hmm. that you know they just like blows up. And you're like, I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so funny because I think toddlers are known to have a lot of like temper tantrums, Mm -hmm. but in reality, like you can kind of see that in adults too. Like. (laughs) Yeah, sure. They're not on the floor crying. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe they are. I mean, we've all been there at some point. (laughs) But it's, I think vulnerability is a skill that we learn. And I mean, if you don't learn it, then you'll kind of just be one of those adults having these temper tantrums. And you're not going to be able to know how to kind of cope with your emotions, So that's why I think vulnerability is so important to learn.
0: No, I completely agree. So switching gears a little bit, I wanted to ask about your college experience because you just graduated from University of San Diego. And a lot of listeners are teenagers are still in high school or just starting college or about to go into the application process. So first question is just overall experience. What were the highs, the lows? How was college for you?
1: Well, overall, I would say I really loved college. Mm -hmm. I had mentioned earlier that I was bullied and I was also bullied um, a lot in high school too. Mm -hmm. And it was so funny because the people who bullied me were actually a lot of guys (laughs) and very typical, you know. um, Totally can relate. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that it's true, but a lot of younger guys, when they like you, I guess they make fun of you. Like, you know why they do like, that. It doesn't work. Like It, it really doesn't yeah. work. Mm-hmm. But but nevertheless, um, when I went to college was I think the first time I really felt like I was noticed. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting, obviously. And so I really loved college. I found a great group of friends. But kind of during that time, I had experienced a lot of really traumatic moments, I guess, in terms of guys too. I had been sexually assaulted a few different times. Mm -hmm. And that, especially in terms of just like really spiking my anxiety and depression and just a lot of self doubt. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's a topic that a lot of people want to shy away from and I'm not afraid to talk about it. And sometimes even though I am, I'm very cognizant of who I bring it up to because it is such a like a personal Mm -hmm. topic but I think during my college years that was something that kind of really weighed heavy on my heart I Mm -hmm. mean to say that I didn't talk think about it every day would be a lie but that being said I remember this moment when I was talking to my mom Mm -hmm. and I was crying to her just about everything that had happened in regards to I guess like boys and Mm -hmm. all my experiences that were pretty negative yeah but my mom basically she just reminded me that I need to kind of reframe how I view these experiences and Mm -hmm. she really helped me like reframe my mindset in terms of just remembering that these experiences yes they are terrible but you can always learn something Mm -hmm. and the whole saying, everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. I've heard actually an interesting argument. I'm not sure. Have you ever heard of Rachel Hollis? I haven't. No. Okay. she's one of my idols, honestly. Mm-hmm. She wrote a book, Girl, Wash Your Face. Okay. If you haven't read it, I would highly su- suggest to read it. I definitely will. But she was talking about how she had gone through a really traumatic experience in her childhood and the whole um, idea around, like, everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. She didn't like that idea because she's like, there is sometimes no reason why people go through terrible experiences. There Mm -hmm. is no reason. But she kind of shifted her perspective and says, okay, maybe everything doesn't happen for a reason, but everything happens for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And when I started kind of thinking about just my past experiences with like my eating disorder, depression, anxiety, Mm -hmm. and sexual assault, and all of those things, they can really be deemed as negative. And Mm -hmm. yes, they are, but I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a purpose. And now I honestly feel like my life's purpose is to help other people struggling with, those various things
0: yeah no i completely agree when i was at such a low with my depression and my anxiety and my relationships and all of that i didn't understand why it was happening to me i was like i'm 13 14 however old i was at the time and i was like why 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 I didn't know where to put the blame. I was like, why would God give me this life that is so miserable for me? What have I done to myself that's made this life so miserable? Why would my parents raise me into this life that I hate so much? Like, I just didn't know why or where to shove this anger and resentment and all of this. And I did not see a reason. I didn't see a purpose in it. And it took years. It took probably four years for me to be like, okay, I've gotten past this really low, low that I've experienced in my life. And I, similar to you, see this purpose of I've been where these other teenagers have been and had a really unique insight into what they've gone through. And I can, through the podcast and hopefully later on in life, help them through that and help others who have struggled with their mental health. But it took coming out of that low and having that different vantage point to see that purpose. And so to anyone who hasn't gotten to that point yet or is still at that low and doesn't see the purpose, it's, it's definitely fair to not to not feel like there's a reason and to not feel like there's a purpose because sometimes it takes time to be able to get to that vantage point where you can look back at it and really see the benefits to what you've gone through. Exactly. And
1: that's why I also feel like I kind of resonate with you, especially just kind of growing up. I mean, to be honest, I really didn't like my life. Mm -hmm. I was really, yeah, exactly. I was just very bitter about it. And I was really angry, kind of just, I put the blame a lot of times on my parents, on myself, Mm -hmm. on God even. And I was like, why are girls my age Mm -hmm. kind of just going through life? Everything's fine. They can go to soccer practice and they can kind of eat whatever they want, or they can just even be happy. They don't even have to try Mm -hmm. to be happy. Mm -hmm. And I really kind of was bitter about that for a long time. Mm -hmm. And It's hard, especially when you are younger, going through those things and then seeing everyone around you. They kind of talk a lot about, I know a lot of adults talk about how childhood you have a lot of kind of innocence and Mm -hmm. a lot of adults think. Children are, I guess, naive, Mm -hmm. but I completely disagree. Sometimes I think children, I mean, are some of the most wise people I know. Mm -hmm. And just even what you were saying about experiencing those lows at 13. Mm -hmm. And I completely understand, like, I firmly, like, I say this all the time, not all the time, but (laughs) when I tell people my story, I firmly believe that, I mean, my rock bottom, I've hit it probably like three different times in my life. But Mm -hmm. the first time was when I was 17 years old yeah and yeah. people are like oh usually yeah I guess the 35 year olds they'll hit rock bottom mm-hmm. and I'm like no just because I'm young doesn't mean I can't yeah. still experience these things and I was bitter for kind of everything or I was bitter with everything that was like happening in my life just that I had experienced so much pain but just really being able to to really shift my mindset yeah. and understand that, okay, I did experience all of these things at a very young age, mm-hmm. but now I'm kind of shifting my mindset to being like, okay, well, this is kind of great for me because now I can really just go after what I'm passionate about and that is helping children yeah. um, who are going through certain situations. Now I can go after that mm-hmm.
0: when I'm still young. And I still kind of get it. And 100%. I'm still their age. Yeah. So and that, it's, it's I like think a gift like kind a of way. because you don't have to go through this giant journey of self-discovery and learning how to cope with your life because you already know how. So once you get into living your real life without your parents there to support you, without this world you've grown up and known, once you're thrown into the deep end again at 30, 35, and you're like, where did my life go? You already know how to cope with that because you, you haven't built your life to one that you slowly learn to hate because like for me, I know I can't do that. Like I will get so depressed so quickly. I'm like, I have to be living a life I love or I just mentally can't handle it. And so when those lows come when those stressors come i know how to cope with it and i'm so lucky to be able to have done that at such a young age and so it doesn't get lost on me that it was not a normal path and that i i had so much anger and resentment that i went through so much pain at an early age but it's it's a really cool thing as well to know that you've you've learned how to live your life and cope with your life at an early age and you can you can go through the rest of your life still learning and adapting but you know how to manage it and you, you have those skills.
1: Exactly. And I think that's something, I think that really breaks my heart though, that Mm -hmm. a lot of younger people don't have these tools of how to manage, whether it be like depression, anxiety, frustration, or anger Mm -hmm. and all the above. I think a lot of people, they just don't know how to cope with it. And that could be because they don't have the funds to get therapy Mm -hmm. or they are surrounded by family members. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of times, I mean, it is super expensive and that's why I'm very grateful that, you know, my parents were very supportive Mm -hmm. of me kind of going through therapy and getting the help that I needed. But I think one thing that everyone can do is read books because there Mm -hmm. are so many books that, It's like free therapy. There are so many books that really tell you how to cope with your emotions. Mm -hmm. And I think we as like a society should be really kind of instilling that into our children at a young age and adding it to our educational Mm -hmm. education system. Because a lot of times, you know, we don't. We don't have, I guess, the proper education in terms of how to fight those thoughts when Mm -hmm. you are feeling really down on yourself or Mm -hmm. how to even think positively about your body and how to have healthy relationships I think that's a really big one and healthy relationships with yourself
0: Mm -hmm. and even relationally how do you practice empathy how do you validate like we are going through like the black lives matter movement right now and there's so many people that don't know how to say I see you I hear you and I I know that I haven't been through the same thing like that's something that People are having to learn at this point in their lives. And so another thing that kids at that young age, they innately know how to do. They know how to connect and express joy and love and care towards their peers. And we lose that as we grow up because as a society, we're not we're not using those skills. We're not using validation. We're not using empathy and we're not using kindness as much as we could. And so I think I think there's a lot of value that could be given to kids if we just encourage those skills, if we encourage the emotional coping and relationally being effective at a younger age.
1: Exactly. And I think a lot of people, the reason why they have a, such a hard time with validating people's mm-hmm. feelings is because we are often taught that we are right. Right. And yes. I th- and it's think it's good to be right. We're taught
0: that if we're wrong, it's a mistake and it's a weakness. Yes.
1: Yes, exactly. And I think we really need to switch the narrative on that one because it's okay if you're wrong. You need to fuss up because we all make mistakes. And I really hate the word failure because mm-hmm. I mean, it has such a negative connotation. So I really just like to use the word lesson instead. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes we are taught that if we are wrong, we are a failure. And that is not true. I mean, we all make mistakes. We are Mm -hmm. all wrong at some point. And I think just learning to really fess up to that and then be able to listen, I think Mm -hmm. that's a big one too, because a lot of people nowadays... You know, they kind of got their heads in the clouds. It's so easy to just go on your phone, scroll through some things, not even read the entire caption Mm -hmm. before you comment. Yes. I think that's a big one. And kind of just explode on someone that you don't really know. I Mm -hmm. noticed just in the comment section, I try not to read the comments, to be honest, Mm -hmm. just for like on big posts, just because I know um, that's where a lot of negativity breeds.
0: It can be very Um, toxic, for sure.
1: Yeah. So for my own personal mental health, I don't really like to read it, but I know um, that a lot of people just don't even take the time to hear someone out and understand their point of view and understand that, you know, we all have different lived experiences. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it can be hard to sometimes understand what someone's been through if you haven't been through it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think that's the most important thing, too, that we all just have to realize that we're not always going to understand people. We're not always going to get along, but we should always respect people and Mm -hmm. just at least try to hear them out, even if you don't understand.
0: Yeah, definitely. So what regrets do you have about your college experience? What would you have done differently if you could go back and change anything? One thing that really
1: sticks um, out at the top of my head, I would say probably the use of daily affirmations, which I know Mm -hmm. would probably be an interesting regret. I'm sad that I didn't do them sooner though. I'm a big advocate for just kind of speaking out loud and speaking your thoughts um, into fruition. Mm -hmm. I think that's a super, super, it's just a super important thing Mm -hmm. because I think there's so many studies too about the act of just speaking. Mm -hmm. It really kind of you're able to manifest. And a lot of people think this idea of manifestation Mm -hmm. and kind of dreaming and dream boards or whatever you want to call it. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, that's so stupid, but I'm like, okay, but it it works. Mm -hmm. It really does Mm -hmm. work. So I would just say, um, the use of daily affirmations and I wish I like would manifest more, um, Mm -hmm. because, I think there's something so beautiful that can come out of just like speaking positivity on yourself and others and just kind of waking up every day. And like I say, I'm strong, I'm confident, Mm -hmm. I'm powerful I'm beautiful. And then like just telling yourself that you will have an extraordinary life, Mm -hmm. even though, I mean, so often it's so easy, especially just, I mean, I would, I would say I'm a pretty average girl. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I fit, I, you know, I fit in with The crowd. I get lost in the crowd sometimes, but just kind of reminding myself that no, I am special and no, I'm made for more. I think that's something important that every girl should remind herself.
0: Yeah, I love that. So, your podcast, It 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 Sis. So, what inspired you to start it? What inspired you to start podcasting and yeah, all of that?
1: Well, first and foremost, what inspired me to start podcasting is. I am a big talker. I love to talk. Mm -hmm. If you haven't noticed, (laughs) I can, I can go on for, I can go on for ages, but so not only do I like to talk, but I had started to listen to, her name's Katie Mm Bilotti. Do you know who she is? I don't know. Okay. She's one of my favorite podcasters. She is also um, a YouTuber, Mm -hmm. but she has a podcast called Thick and Thin Mm -hmm. and she is honestly like my soul sister. If mm-hmm. that if that makes sense. Yeah. She, everything she says is, I was like, that is just exactly how I think. I have mm-hmm. the same mentality as her. And I mean, then I also would listen to a lot of entrepreneurial podcasts and really big into like business podcasts mm-hmm. and business mindset. And also I was just like, I have a lot to say. And I kind of, And I think that's just
0: kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted oh, you to broke create up. a Sorry. Oh, you di- I did Yes. Where did I stop? Right after talking about business podcasts. Okay.
1: Yes. So I listened to a lot of business podcasts mm-hmm. and just kind of podcasts about mindset mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, if these people can do it, why can't I? I think we all have a story to tell. And that's basically why I wanted to start my podcast, mm-hmm. but as far as the name goes, I remember it was back in October of
0: 2019.
1: Mm -hmm. I was dating a guy and my friend told me, or actually I was dating a guy and I was telling her about my relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, it like wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't the best. (laughs) It wasn't healthy. We had terrible communication. And I remember she just kind of looked at me and then she was like, it ain't it, sis. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got the name because that it. just really stuck with me. And I yeah. was like, yeah, this this isn't it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of apply that to my podcast and I really focus on kind of the different redirections and like pivots that we all have in life. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, regardless of who you are, we all have like one thing, at least one thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, a lot of people have more than one yes. thing. But we all have that one thing that really kind of, Set us on a different path in life. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of like to interview people and talk about it and talk about their own it ain't it sis mm-hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. So that's just like a little bit of what my podcast is about and why I started. Yeah,
0: I love that. And especially just from like a reflection standpoint, when you're looking at your life and you're like, okay, what is it that ain't it at the moment? And when you change those things, when you make those shifts, that's how you end up living a life that you love. That's how you end up truly waking up every day and being like, I'm excited for what comes next and how you move out of that place of depression or anxiety or whatever mental health struggle you're experiencing. So I love that. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. And so I think it is like super important to just kind of always remember to shift your mindset when you are finding yourself in like a really Mm -hmm. negative place and realizing that, you know what? You are gonna make mistakes Mm -hmm. as you go out, go throughout life. Mm -hmm. Um, even when you're 85, you're gonna be making mistakes, Mm -hmm. and you're gonna be like, "Oh, why did I do that? (laughs) Why did I say that to so and so?" And I think I just want my platform to be a place where people can come and just really just be themselves and Mm -hmm. hear words that are encouraging and know that they're not alone Mm -hmm. and that um, change is possible, even when you feel like you're in the pits and Mm -hmm. are like, gosh, where has my life gone to? Mm -hmm. But that's what I want really people to understand that shifting your mindset, anyone can do it. And I think it's just such a super important skill that we all should kind of implement into our life.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So the next question is, has it helped or hurt your mental health? I know for me, podcasting has been something that really has helped my mental health, but I wouldn't, which I wouldn't necessarily expect because I know when I started, everyone was like, well, like you're putting all this out for other people to listen to. Like, what if there's negative comments or what if people are judgmental? What if you like regret what you say? And it's just been such a great place for reflection and a way to encourage me to continue growing because I'm coming on here every week and asking people, how did you own your mental health? How did you make these changes that helps you live a life you love? And it, it makes me be like, okay, I did that too. I noticed this person's story in my life right now. I have to continue working on that and changing that. So that's been helpful. And then also it's this thing that I've had to learn how to do. At the beginning, it was rough. My audio quality was horrible. I didn't know how to edit. I didn't know how to like do publicity for episodes. So just from learning something new and getting good at it, like that brings me joy. And so just being able to put out an episode every week, like I get so excited when Friday comes around and when I get to share this new thing I'm really proud of with people. So for me, it's definitely helped my mental health. What about you?
1: Well, first of all, I love that it's really just helped you with your mental health. And I would totally agree with you on the whole aspect of just kind of learning mm-hmm. as you go. I am totally with you. Um, learning how to use like different audio systems. No one tells you how to podcast. Like I've tried to Google No it one tells you not like it's you're on your own it's awful you you definitely are on your own and it's just even just coming up with content you know you can as bad as it sounds like you know you do listen to some podcasts and you can you can kind of tell like oh these Mm -hmm. people don't know what they're doing yet again none of us know what we're doing so I'm not trying to come across as Whenever I tell people to listen to my podcast, way.
0: I'm like, do not listen in the beginning. I recommend the newer episodes, and if you absolutely love it, you can go back if you want to, but please listen to the new stuff first because I'm exactly. like I'm so bad at it.
1: Yeah. It's a no, learning exa- curve. Oh, it, it definitely is, and uh, I'm so embarrassed by some of my new ones, but I keep them up because I just want to be like, okay, if they if they are a true fan, <laughs> they will listen to the first ones and not judge me, but Mm -hmm. then they'll also listen to my newer ones and they'll, they'll be like, wow, so much of an improvement. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. But in terms of, I guess, helping my mental health and everything, I really find it therapeutic and Mm -hmm. like kind of like just cathartic for like, or I find it cathartic by kind of just putting my thoughts out in the Mm -hmm. open and really just expressing what I think. And one thing I did struggle with though in the beginning was just what would people think of me. Yes. And to be honest, I started my podcast in January of 2020, so mm-hmm. about 6 months ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And not going to lie, quarantine really helped with the aspect of like what will people think of me because mm-hmm. it's you don't funny have to see like anyone. Yeah, I don't have to see mm-hmm. anyone. <laughs> and I mean, I can really just it really helped me kind of shut out the different voices. Mm -hmm. um, Especially if they were people who would kind of give me kind of negative comments. And I have been able to kind of develop a mindset where it's like, no, I am passionate about this. I really like what I kind of produce and am putting out. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, like you just have to remember that, uh, like or for any podcaster you just kind of have to remember like know what you're doing it's helping people mm-hmm. it's encouraging people it's entertaining people all of that and so that's what I just kind of like remind myself and that the people who are giving you negative
0: comments mm-hmm. they don't you don't need to pay yes. any attention to them because they definitely don't help your mental health exactly <laughs> exactly and I think one of the great things about podcasting itself is it's not a very crowded platform yet it's not like if you get on TikTok again not as crowded of a platform. A lot of people just consume instead of creating, but you'll find people in your contacts. You'll find people that you know. Podcasting, there's no like, oh, let me look up their phone number and you automatically hear their podcast. I started my podcast a year ago this month and didn't tell anyone in my circle, aside from my family and close friends for a year. And so I was putting this podcast out to people that were struggling with their mental health and parents of teens. And my target audience, and I was able to find my voice without anyone coming across it, which was honestly great because it's again, it's not a super crowded audience and you have the freedom to have this learning curve and be able to really hone in on your purpose and what you want to get across with that podcast before you have to tell everyone about it. If that's what you want to do. And so during quarantine also I got to a point where I was like I'm I'm really proud of this. Like this is really cool what I'm doing. And so I did share it with I shared it on my Instagram and shared it with all my friends and people I would go to school with and all of that. And there was positive responses for sure, but it was nice to be able to have that first year when no one was listening. When it was like okay, I got like 5 listens today, like it was all me but like I still did the episode and so it's nice to be able to not have that full audience on you to see again like as you learn those lessons and as you go through that learning curve you have the freedom to make those mistakes and and really hone in on your voice before you can be like okay I'm really proud of this go listen and all of that but yeah
1: no, 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 exactly. And I mean, first of all, congratulations Thank on you. one year of podcasting. Thank that you. is super impressive. <laughs> and I love your podcast. That's when I, like, I first, I don't know how I even found you. I think I found you on Instagram mm-hmm. and then I saw one of your posts and I was like, oh, I'll well, take a listen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is kind of just nice to really sometimes not hide because mm-hmm. I don't like to use that word, but just kind of Go in the background mm-hmm. or for a hot Or be in like a really... really
0: select corner of your audience yes. outside of the people that you would normally connect with. It's, it's really
1: Exactly. Cool. Because mm-hmm. it's nice because
0: sometimes I think
1: when we are in just a circle of people that we know so well mm-hmm. that we have this idea in our head that okay we have to act this
0: way because Mm -hmm. this is how they know us and like for me like a perfectionist is like it has to be perfect I have to be 100% proud of what I'm putting forward and there can't be any mistakes and so it's it's like that freedom of okay it's not all this judgment they don't have to see me in this light yet. it's it's awesome
1: yeah no exactly and just like like you said, about kind of being a perfectionist and everything. And like, I I understand that too. And I initially didn't really tell many people that I was having a podcast because Mm -hmm. if I were to kind of put something out there, it wasn't perfect. Then I feel like those people who knew me would be like, oh, she really messed up there.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: So So what the heck is this? Like, are you sure? I know. I know. And then like, just like me talking about like mental health and everything, like Mm -hmm. I would kind of be scared if they were to kind of come to me and be like, oh my gosh, like, are you okay? Are you mentally okay? (laughs) Yeah, good. Yes, I'm fine. Just because I'm talking about mental health doesn't Mm -hmm. mean I am not like – stable, which I hate when people are like, is she mentally stable? I'm like, I hate that like stigma first yes, of all. Yes. And it's I'm such I'm so worried negative- about that for college.
0: Like my application, I have to talk about my podcast because that's like what I spend so much time on and I love. Exactly. And it's like, how do you walk that line where it's like, I'm not a liability to you, I promise. <laughs> but also I'm really passionate about mental health and it's it sucks that there's that stigma that you talk about it and you could be perceived as unsafe or unstable and it's It's definitely something we have room to grow on as a society.
1: Oh, we definitely have room to grow on it too. But that's actually what I talked about in my college application. Mm -hmm. Um, I talked about for my main essay, it was about how I became a personal trainer, actually. Mm -hmm. And I talked about kind of like my eating disorder and how my addiction to exercise and how I was kind of overcoming that, which Mm -hmm. is funny because- as I was writing it, I kind of did skew it a little bit to be like, oh, I'm totally fine now. Mm-hmm. But I was still struggling with yes, it because yes. I still didn't want to be perceived as someone who, like you mentioned, like didn't have it all together. Mm-hmm. And
0: which I hate about but that's like, something you have to do. You have to be perfect and have all yeah. your eggs in one basket. That's you're healthy and fine. And, Everyone's always changing and growing, and we're not always going to be at your best. And it's why can we just do that? Why like, can't be like okay, I I'm know. still working. Exactly, and I just I
1: just wish I think people would understand that it's like okay that you are going through these things and mm-hmm. like it's okay if you're like literally like just smack dab in the middle of whatever battle you're going through. Yeah, I think it's really important to remember, as long as you have a really good support system,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's really all that matters. And people shouldn't question then, oh, is she okay? Is she fine? At the end of the day, i'm I'm a firm believer. if you're not dead, God's not done. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of the idea that even if you kind of feel like you're in the pits and you're kind of really struggling with everything right now, but if you're not dead, like you still have purpose Mm -hmm. in your life. Like you're Mm -hmm. still going to go, like you're still going to live a life. And I'm a firm believer too, that um, everything works out in the end Mm -hmm. and just kind of going back to the idea of just people stigmatizing mental health and kind of being in the midst of a battle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people need to realize that just the importance of remembering to surround yourself with like a solid community. Yeah. Because that is so important. And I don't know, I feel like we got a little off track, but... <laughs> no, you're totally good. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But I mean, overall, I think that's just super important. Community is everything mm-hmm. at the end of the day.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think while you were saying that that it's not the end and that things happen and when you can be at that low and that everything works out, you also have so much power and you have so much control. And especially me, someone who feels good about their mental health now, I've been seeing all these like posts on Instagram where it's like one or maybe it's on TikTok where it's like one day your life will flash before your eyes. Make sure it's worth it to watch. And you, people are always like, well, if you had like one last day to live, like would you be happy with the life you've led so far? And it's like that idea of like life is so precious and it's really hard to see that when you're struggling but when you're at a point where you can make those changes to live that life you love what do you want to be different what would make you so immensely happy that you would have no regrets and that you would look back on everything and be like wow like i i i love my life and i'm so happy with the way i lived it but yeah that's something for me that i've been thinking about recently i'm like okay i have one more year at home until i go off to college and what do i what do I want to do now so that once I'm away from home and I never move back because my parents are all have always been like once you go to college you don't come back you're out of the house at 18 like so what do I want to do where I won't have those regrets and I won't be like I wish that I would have done this differently and stuff but yeah
1: yeah no I think it is it can be really stressful too when you think
0: about okay, how do I want to live my life? Because mm-hmm. you can live your life in so many different ways. Yes. And it's, it's so abstract and overwhelming and such a big concept for sure.
1: Yes. But I think at the end of the day, it can be a really, really scary idea. But then also you kind of have to remind yourself and take a step back and realize, okay, it doesn't have to be as scary mm-hmm. as everyone makes it out to be. Mm-hmm. And I think one great way is to really just disconnect and really spend time with yourself Mm -hmm. and kind of research kind of the life that you want to live and kind of like a
0: bucket list. I love that idea. Not necessarily as like jump out of a plane, let's go skydiving, like visit these 20 countries, but like what would your life look like if you truly loved it? Like which would you have a supportive group of friends? What would your relationship with your family be like? What routine would you have in place? Like these little things, like would you Go on a walk in the morning with your dog every day. Like, what are these little things that would bring you joy throughout the day? And how can you make those little steps and check off one more item to get to that life worth living that you love? Exactly.
1: And I think a lot of people think, like, when you're creating the life that you want, mm-hmm. they put a lot of things in it. So they put, like, okay, I'm going to travel to this country mm-hmm. and I'm going to live in this type of house and I'm going to have this type of job.
0: Mm-hmm. But I think or we're going to be like in this relationship. I'm going to yes. be this many years old. Like it's. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to get married at this mm-hmm. age. I'm going to have
1: this many kids.
0: And I think
1: like, yes, those are all great things to strive for and mm-hmm. want. And there's nothing wrong with it because I mean, we all want to live like a certain life, but yes. I think at the end of the day, we have to put those things that we want secondary to our mental health because I Mm -hmm. think the most important thing is okay what kind of relationship do I want to have with myself Mm -hmm. what kind of and what kind of relationship do I want to have with others because at the end of the day your relationships that you have with people that really dictates how you feel how you view your view yourself how you view others Mm -hmm. and I think just creating strong relationships with not only yourself, obviously, Mm -hmm. but with others. I think that should be something that we all strive for first and foremost. Totally. And then those great other aspirations in life, they can follow, but then they can follow because you're going to be in such a healthy mindset Mm -hmm. that you're able to actually achieve those things and not feel like burdened down by Mm -hmm. life.
0: Yeah. It's definitely, again, the idea that once you take control of your mental health and focus on that first, everything else kind of falls into place. And it your life kind of turns into something that you look forward to and that you love and that you really feel confident about for sure. So any last advice before we wrap up?
1: Hmm. Well, I, as much as I would love to just kind of say a whole 20 minute spiel of (laughs) advice because that's definitely something I could do. I would say first and foremost, number one, with for anyone struggling, I guess, mental health, whether it be an eating disorder, anxiety, depression, and for anyone who feels really, really alone. Mm -hmm. First of all, it's so cliche, I know, but you are definitely not alone, Mm -hmm. just knowing that. And I would say my biggest advice to is for anyone struggling in that respect, um, really just be selfish and focus on yourself. And sometimes I think, so often we need to live our life for others. And even when we don't think we believe that we act like it mm-hmm. and we are so, I think consumed sometimes with what people really think of us. And they say like, people think, Oh, if I go to therapy, like they're all going to think I'm, you know, crazy. Mm-hmm. And they're going to think I, you know, I don't know. they people are going to have their thoughts. Yeah. And I think my biggest piece of advice is kind of, be selfish in a way, Mm -hmm. really sit with yourself and take time to just invest in yourself. Because at the end of the day, you are the only one you have on this earth. I mean, they say you're born with yourself and you die with yourself. Mm -hmm. And it kind of sounds morbid, but I mean, it is true. Mm -hmm. And so I think really focusing on the relationship that you have with yourself. And I mean, if you are kind of spiritual, focus on that spiritual aspect. And if you really need to focus on your kind of emotional aspect, focus on that too. And just mm-hmm. kind of understanding that mental health, it encompa- it encompasses a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It encompasses kind of physical health, mental health, emotional health, and spiritual health. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many things that go into helping you live a mm-hmm. happy and fulfilled life. And yeah. I think just kind of really being able to sit with yourself and knowing that you can spend time with yourself and just pouring into those different areas of your life, I would mm-hmm. say is the most important thing.
0: I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sitting down to talk with me. I can't wait for everyone to listen to it. Yes, well, thank you, Sadie, so much. I really admire you. Thank so you. Thank you so much. Of course. You guys can find Sarah on Instagram at Sarah Humphrey 7 and her podcast account at it.aint.it.sys. Be sure to listen to our podcast, It Ain't It Sis, on every listening platform, and I'll link it in today's episode notes. If you enjoyed this week's episode of Nevertheless, She Persisted, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share with your friends and family. To stay updated on new episodes dropping and bonus content, follow Nevertheless, She Persisted on social media. Instagram, at She Persisted Podcast. Twitter, at Persist Podcast. Facebook, at Nevertheless, She Persisted Podcast with Sadie Saenz. And check out my website, Podcast.com. And don't worry, all of these are linked in to today's episode notes. Don't forget to subscribe.